Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Bill had the affair with the office manager for two She's years. She's not an office manager. She was a f-ing pharmaceutical rep, you f-ing idiot. If you can get the facts okay. straight. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was a clip from the season premiere of The Real Housewives of New Jersey. I'm so glad those gals are back. I miss the Jersey women so much. Glad they're back on our screens. We're going to be talking the premiere. We're going to break down the Louie of it all. Also, we got to talk about Orange County this week. I have some thoughts on Summer House, mainly actually thoughts on Craigie joining the Summer House. You know, I'm not too happy about him being there in the Hamptons. Get him out of there. I don't want to see these Southern Charm people on the Summer House. Enough is enough. And then he's showing up and telling Paige that she's weaker than he thought. I was like, oh, gross. Get this man out of here. Get him out. And you know, I always loved him on Southern Charm, but I can't. I can't do it, you guys. And he, where's Luke even? Where's Luke? And who's that guy who's just eating turkey? Enough. That Alex man, who's all his whole personality is eating meat, okay? And believe me, if it was metaphorical meat, I'd be all in. But right now, just watching him eat ground turkey is not enough for me to watch him on screen. So get Craigie out of there, get Luke back, and get rid of that Alex. Maybe bring in somebody new. What happened to that hot guy that was on Winter House? That, uh, come on, come on. Um, okay, you guys, let's talk about Jersey, though. Shall we talk about it? I'm in a good mood today, too. Earlier this week, I was in a bit of a funk. I was listening to too many ballads or something. You know, it affects me when I listen to depressing music. I was listening to maybe too much Adele or something. I was feeling like I was getting in a funk. Oh, and then I also watched that Showtime documentary on Cosby, which is really tough. St- I knew even going into it, I was like, I don't know if I should watch this because it's heavy. It's heavy. It's very compelling and well done, but very heavy subject matter. And I was just feeling like kind of in a funk. So oftentimes to combat that, I'll try to watch happy things or listen to happy things. And so this morning I was in a Disney mood and I've just been listening to Disney songs all morning. And believe me, I am, I am jamming to Tarzan, to Hercules, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Little Mermaid, Moana, bam, bam, bam. It's like hit after hit after hit. I feel so blessed to have been raised at a time where we got all these hits. And I don't think there's a soundtrack better than Tarzan. Honestly, what other album do we get? Rosie O'Donnell, NSYNC, and Phil Collins. Ladies, am I right? I mean, it's truly, truly phenomenal. And by the way, that Moana song, I think I've said this on the show before, but I feel like that Moana song, uh, How Far I'll Go, I think that's underrated. To me, that's like one of the best modern classics. How far I'll go. I should have put that on the soundboard. I don't have any of the Disney songs on my soundboard. I think the only music I got on this soundboard this week is this one. I have the kiss of Dio. That's the real low point. Again, real low point for everything iconic. The fact that I only have Nickelback on my soundboard. I'm sorry. Uh, nowhere to go but up. Nowhere to go but up. But anyway, when you're in a funk, put on the Goofy Movie song. Put on uh, Frozen. Put on a Tangled soundtrack. It will perk you right on up. Honestly, the Hercules soundtrack, uh, Zero to Hero, come on. Come on, nothing better. When you're feeling down, you just put on Mulan 
and you sing about making a man out of you by Donny Osmond. Uh, okay, so where are we at here? Oh, uh, New Jersey Housewives. New Jersey Housewives. Now, we opened with sort of this, like, it was very Mob Wives. I don't know if anyone watched Mob Wives back in the day. It was on VH1, a truly flawless reality show. It gave us Big Ange, Drita. Uh, I loved them so much. Anyway, the opening of New Jersey felt so Mob Wives to me. I was like, did they just completely lift this opening from the Mob Wives? Or did maybe one of the Mob Wives producers move on over to Jersey? Because I swear they just fully lifted it. And they had all of our main cast members walking to go for a meeting. And then we hear that song, Cruel Summer, but it was like a slowed down, dramatic version. It was like, Cruel Summer. That was a terrible... Again, I can't sing. Why do I keep trying to sing on this podcast? No one knows how far I'll go. <laughs> I can't. I wish, don't you wish you could do a voice in like a Disney movie? I mean, that's all I want in life. When I was a kid, I just wanted to be Aladdin or maybe Jasmine. I'm not sure. I just wanted to play one of the voices, sing a whole new world in a magic carpet. I mean, and why won't somebody give me that job? Disney, can you hear me? Just, I mean, just pretend. I'm sure you could dub my voice or something. You know, in Aladdin, the guy whose voice was Aladdin, he didn't even sing the song. So we could do that, Disney, if you want to hire me. Just, you can hire somebody else to sing the lyrics, but you could have me as the voice. I mean, wouldn't that be fun? Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, anyway, yeah, they play this cruel summer and everyone's walking. And then they, it was sort of like we see a trailer for the whole season. Now, I, I don't know if I should say this. You guys are going to get mad at me, but I kind of, it made me a little worried. I'm a little bit concerned with New Jersey Housewives this season. I'll be honest. It might not be a popular opinion. I'm sorry if you don't want to hear me say this and turn this off or skip ahead. But I'm a little bit concerned with this season because I just feel like we're hitting a lot of the same beats we've hit before. We've seen Dolores renovate. How many times can we see that woman renovate a house? And we're never even getting before and after shots. So what are we doing here? If you're going to have a whole season where you're renovating something, by the end of the season, I better see a fucking full reveal. You better move that bus and I better see a new living room. Because I am tired of every season Dolores doing some renovation in the house and then us not seeing the end of it. Because if there's one thing I've learned from HGTV, we have to see the end of it. And now it's happening again. Dolores is doing another uh, house renovation. And then we have the same cast over and over. They hired this new woman who I didn't really get much from her in this first episode, at least. Doesn't seem that dynamic to me, although from what I understand, and I didn't do a whole lot of research, forgive me, in Tiki and the other, the Tiki Barber and the wife, I didn't do, uh, Tracy is her name with an I, I didn't do much research into them, but I do believe that they have a torrid love affair that happened on the Today Show or something. Unclear. I meant to dive into that and forgive me, I did not, but I'm going to as soon as we're done here. I'm going to get on Wikipedia or get on the blogs and figure it out. But in terms of the premiere, she wasn't really giving me much. And then Melissa, at least her and Joe, they dropped that fake storyline they were doing last year about her and Joe having marital problems. And at least we're not seeing about the fake sister. We're not doing one of those storylines that Melissa normally throws at us, which I'm not sure if I should be happy or offended by it. Because normally, at least on Jersey, Melissa gives us a fake storyline, right? Like we get something that is never real, right? Like the fake sister, what happened with that? And uh, it's never real, but at least I feel like it's trying. And now I wonder, did Melissa just decide, no, we're not going to even try this season? <laughs> she just was like, whatever. just. And I don't even need her to try. She, she's there because of Teresa. We need to see that dynamic play out, which is enough. But uh, did she just decide, she just give up? Did the producers just give up? Maybe the producers were like, you know what, Melissa, we don't need anything from you. Just like show up at the group scenes, let Joe do his thing. And that's, we don't need to pretend we have a sister or whatever. 
And uh, so we're not getting there. And then I just need more new people. I'm missing a lot of the side characters. It's part of my favorite thing. Early Jersey Housewives was all those crazy Kims. And the remember Danielle had that bodyguard friend named Danny. And it was like, we had all these weird kind of side characters. And I feel like we're sort of missing the side. We have the husbands, but where are the weird side characters? I need someone to come in and spice this up. I just feel like it, it's going to be the same as we we have every season. Everyone's afraid of Teresa. It's Teresa's show. She's really the. This is the only franchise on the air on Bravo that I believe you can't remove Teresa from it because the show would fall apart without Teresa. She is this show, and I wish they would balance out the dynamics and bring someone in who uh, you know could balance. I I talked to Melissa. I was on Melissa's podcast and. I had asked about Snooki, or Snooki was on Everything Iconic a couple weeks ago. I asked about her joining Jersey Housewives. And to me, Snooki doesn't want it, so it's a moot point. But I think having someone in the same realm of Snooki would help the show out so much because it would be more balanced because we'd get another star in there. And so the women, it would add a new dynamic of like, it wouldn't be just the Teresa show. It'd be the Teresa and Snooki show or something. And I, I feel like watching those other women navigate that. I mean, even Jackie this season is like, I'm not fighting with Teresa. Like she finally gave up. She's like, I, I can't do it again. And, uh, she's not interested. She did it for a couple of seasons. It seems like Margaret is kind of doing it, but I actually don't even believe that Margaret. I don't even think her and Teresa wanted. I don't think Margaret wanted to fight with, uh, Teresa. I feel like they were at the last minute, they were like, somebody's got to do it. Like they sat all the women down. Melissa's like, I did it for five seasons at the beginning. I'm not doing it. Jackie's like, I just did it for two seasons. I'm not doing it. Meanwhile, none of the women are liking Jennifer. So she's not even in the main cast, basically. So she's not doing it. So basically it was like Margaret or Dolores. Margaret, one of the two of you got to go after Teresa because otherwise we got no season. And I feel like Marge was just like, okay, what, okay, whatever. And she did it. And then Dolores, uh, you know, she's got to be Teresa's mouthpiece. You know, Dolores has to explain everything to Teresa and everything that Teresa says she needs to explain to the other people. But Dolores is essentially a translator with a hot kid. And that's enough. I think Ter- Dolores is stunningly beautiful. And it's enough for Dolores. But what I'm saying is a lot of this stuff is it's feeling a little stale. I just need everything to be spiced up a little bit. We need to throw some new people in there, some side characters, main cast members. This Tracy woman, I'm going to need her to step it up. Not sure if she does. I haven't heard much about her, but I'm going to need her to step things up. And they're all this Louis video. And this is the problem where Teresa, it's her show. It's like they're all talking about this Louis video. And it's very clear watching it that this is something that was discussed a lot behind the scenes. Like, I don't think it was just happening on camera. I think all the women were probably talking way more than what we're seeing. And no one wanted to bring it up, again, because no one wanted to go after Teresa. Rightfully so. It's her show. But uh, that doesn't make for a good housewives viewing. And even Teresa, I almost feel like Teresa would like an adversary because she is good in that realm. That's when she shines. And I feel like Teresa's even probably bored. She's like, give me someone, like throw someone in there so I can argue with or something. Because Teresa's good at this game. She's good at reality TV. And without an adversary, Teresa is not, she's just walking around talking about pineapples uh, for 45 minutes every week. And uh, I love the daughters are getting a bigger part in this show. I love seeing more Gia, Melania. I mean, the whole Gia being mad at Joe Gorga, that to me is fascinating. It's complicated. 
it's early season housewife, and now uh, Gia is what I think twenty one now, so she can get involved, she can get in the mix, and I'm fascinated by that. But it's like Gia's not even the the main cast member. Let's give Gia. I was going to say let's give her a diamond, but they don't hold anything in the Jersey opening credits, but. Gia shouldn't be the one carrying this franchise. We need some other people to step it up. And so, although I am excited. Also, when we open in this week's episode, we did see Teresa at the house with the girls eating sandwiches, with a G, sandwiches. And got to say, Melania, who, I love, who hasn't loved Melania? I mean, she's the best. She was sitting there eating a sandwich, and I saw a bottle of ketchup in front of her sandwich. And you know, on the show, I told you guys, I like a ketchup on my club, and everyone dragged me to the high heavens. I was getting messages galore saying, how dare you eat ketchup with your club sandwich? My club sandwich. But here was Melania with the jar of ketchup. And so, Melania, I just, I'm here for you, girl. If anyone gives you shit, you're my spirit sister eating the ketchup with your sandwich. Who doesn't want ketchup with the sandwich? I sure do. I'm sorry if that's gross. Uh, I did love Teresa's big hair in her confessional, too. I did like that. Uh, and she seemed to be telling Teresa to slow it down with Louis. Now, this Louis, I mean, the video, should we talk about the video of it all? The video. Ooh, that video. I need to know the dynamics of how they got erased from this show. They didn't show it on the sh- They just had to recreate it. And there was one point Margaret and Jackie were talking about the video. But you got to go online and look at it. Now, I actually, when it first came out, I was really shocked by this video. I thought it was totally crazy. And I rewatched it after watching the premiere because I was like, I need a refresher. I remembered it being really creepy. And something about when I watched it the second time, I'm not sure if it's where we're at culturally, but something happened where I was like, you know, it's not that bad. That's how I felt. (laughs) I literally was watching it. I was like, yeah, it's not that bad. He loves someone. And I don't know, have we all gotten more crazy? Because that video came out, I think, I don't know, six months, eight months, a year ago. I'm not sure. Who knows time anymore? I don't understand what month, day, year it is these days. But I remember it came out a while ago, and I remember seeing it on social media and thought, this is creepy, it's weird, it's fucked up. And now I watched it again, I was like, it seems sweet. And so I'm not sure if we just have evolved or devolved, and now the crazy things seem less crazy because the world is crazier. Does that make sense? I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but I saw it and I was like, he seems like a sweet man. (laughs) Maybe that says more about me. Maybe it does. I mean, it was a bunch of shirtless men, which obviously, you know, I get digmatized in a minute. I mean, I see a bunch of men with their blouses off and suddenly I'm a little schoolgirl. So maybe that was it. I I don't know. But it seemed like he was with a bunch of friends and I do get, I I don't get the greatest vibes from this man because... I don't know. It seems like everyone's skeptical of him. And you can read between the lines, right? You know how I said, I feel like everyone is talking about that video behind the scenes. I think it's so clear that you could tell all the women think that he's You could see the look in their eyes. It's very clear if you're watching it that those women do not care for Louis. In interviews, when people ask them about Louis, they all sort of say, oh, we're just happy. Teresa's happy. They never say like, oh, he's a great man. He's the best. You know, it always is like kind of coded language, right? And that leads me to believe that we're only seeing a small portion of this man. And so that's where I kind of worry. And I only want the best for Teresa. I feel like she went through so much with that other man. And so now I just want her to get happy, get laid, get all the good things. Um, but I, you know, I think uh, those of us who are rooting for Teresa, we gotta, we gotta just also be careful and keep an eye. Keep an eye on these women. When we care for these women, we gotta keep an eye on who they're dating. I feel the same way about Summer House over there with Paige. I think Paige DeSorbo's a star. I think she, if Bravo wanted to, 
they could throw their throw page and make her the biggest star on the network. I believe that. I know some, maybe you don't all agree, but I think they could make Paige a huge star. But she's hitching her wagon to this Craig, who I've always loved, but I just, I don't think that's, I don't, I don't think it's a good idea for anyone involved, and I don't like the way that he spoke to her. So I am keeping an eye out on that man, and anyone that comes after any of these women, even the ones I don't like, even the housewives, if I don't care for them, I'm keeping an eye on the men they're dating because I will defend them to the death when it comes to the men they're dating outside world. Even remember Vicky Gunvalson and that man of fake cancer? Or she was with that Steve guy. I don't even like Vicky, but I don't like what that other man did, that Steve Lodge or whatever. I was watching an interview with Vicky and I was like, how dare he? And meanwhile, I was like, I don't even like Vicky. But here I was, like, ready to defend her to the death. That's how I feel about the housewives and any of these women in this universe. We need to keep an eye out for them. You know, sisters are, got to keep an eye on our sisters. These women are our sisters, even the ones we don't like. Even the ones we don't like. It's like a family. It's like, I could talk shit about my family, but when somebody else comes in and talks shit about my family, uh uh-uh, N-O, not okay. That's how I feel about the housewives. You want to talk, if I'm talking to another housewives fan and we're talking shit about Vicky Gumbelson, okay. But as soon as an outside person comes in and talks shit about Vicky Gumbelson, uh uh-uh, I'm ready to fight. Ready to fight. And I don't even care for that woman. Again, do not care for her, but I'm ready to fight anyone. (laughs) Ready to fight anyone for the OG of the OC, and I don't know what that is or what that says about me. I don't think she's a good human, but I'm, uh, you know, we're complicated people, us Housewives fans. Anyway, what else is going on? Oh, so yeah, that video, that video, it is a little weird, but ultimately what I find the most weird is that they got it scrubbed from this show. So that also leads me to believe that they think it's even weirder than then the video should, am I making sense? I feel like, why would you have it scrubbed unless you felt like everyone was being crazy? Am I right? Something's going on. Something's going on. They showed all the tweets about it, which made me laugh the way they edited people tweeting about that video. Let's see. Uh, They all hate Jennifer. Now we do see Margaret and Jackie talking about hate Jennifer. And apparently it was kind of hard to piece together exactly what was going on with Jennifer. There was like some Instagram posts where Jennifer said some mean things about the other women and called maybe Margaret alluded to her being a snake in a caption. I don't even think it was Jennifer. I think it was someone running Jennifer's social media actually said that. But uh, it's hard when we're piecing together these social media things and trying to pretend like these women aren't on a show. You know, it just it it becomes kind of like a, a tough game of understanding. And so I was having trouble even really getting what they were saying. I know there was a thing that happened at the reunion where Jennifer had tried to pit Margaret and Jackie against each other. And so that was a thing. But it it was kind of confusing. Margaret at one point said, they're subsplated to do Lucy. You know, she was doing a Lucy, a a Ricky Ricardo impression. And the women on Housewives, they they love to act like I love Lucy. They love to pretend they're Lucy and Ethel. You know, they love a good Lucy reference. And Margaret did a little Ricky Ricardo, which I appreciated. Uh, We also have a Joe and Melissa. We see that they're good now that the world opened up. Uh, They meet with Tracy and Tiki, who apparently he's a legend in the New York Giants, they said. I don't, I don't know who that man is. I knew him from the Today Show. I thought, I don't know. (laughs) I I should probably look him up again. Uh, it's, they talk about though the stand up. We got to sit and talk about the stand up act for about 47 minutes because Joe Gorga is now on the road. A lot of these men, they're going on the road. They're doing stand up comedy shows. And I use that term loosely stand up comedy because the joke that we saw, Now, Bravo had footage of a whole show from these men. Whole show. Apparently, they were there filming a whole fucking hour, hour and a half stand-up set of Joe Gorga and company doing the stand-up. 
And the one clip that they pulled was Joe Gorga doing a joke, again, using that term loosely, joke, about, uh, let me just, um, let me just look at my notes here. He did a joke about dog sex. I'm not even sure I want to discuss this, but the joke about dog sex, I didn't understand, and I don't understand why that that was the one joke that they pulled from that show. I mean, was Bravo just being shady, or were they actually trying to find a really funny clip, and they were like, oh, this is the funniest one where he is simulating sex with dogs or something? I don't know. But in general, I think maybe when we do stand comedy, we shouldn't be doing any dog sex jokes. And who am I to judge? Okay, you guys may turn on this podcast and think I'm the least funny person on the planet. But I will say that uh, in my expert opinion, I don't think that when you're writing your stand-up set, you should be doing something where you're simulating dog sex. It's just not something, I mean, I think there's a few topics that should be off limits. That's just, maybe I'm too buttoned up. But I just think there's a handful of topics. You you don't joke about 9-11. You know, you don't simulate sex with a dog, a dog on stage. It's just too far. It's not something that the people really want. And I have questions about those people in the audience who are laughing. Okay, if you were at that show, I'm not sure how many of the drinks were flowing or what was happening there. But I heard way too many laughs in that crowd when I saw that bit about the dog sex. I saw way too many laughs, and I'm sure some of the listeners out there, somebody would had to been at that show, and maybe there was an uncomfortableness, so you were laughing at uncomfortableness, but he was literally simulating some dog sex, and I just don't know where was all the laughs happening from. I mean, again, maybe the drinks were flowing, and when drinks are flowing, we laugh, right? I mean, I went to Countess Luann's show multiple times and had a gay old time, and I don't believe there was a single joke there, so maybe, maybe I'm the one who's in the wrong. Maybe actually I understand why you were all laughing. I mean, sometimes you get around a bunch of Bravo lovers, and you just have a good time. You're in, uh, your endorphins are high, so you don't know what you're laughing at. Okay, now that we're talking it through, actually, I'm understanding it more. I'm understanding the laughs more now that I'm thinking of it in context to Countess Luann's show. I'm understanding it. Okay, okay. You know what? You're all right, actually. I still don't think that the joke was appropriate, but I do understand why everyone was laughing. Anyway... Uh, Tracy and Tiki, they're moving. Oh, wait, no. Melissa and Joe are moving to Franklin Lakes. They're building a McMansion. It sort of looks like humongous. Looks humongous. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm curious to see how it looks when it's done. Oh, then Jennifer's house. Now Jennifer got a nose job. She went to Turkey and found someone to do her nose on Instagram. And apparent, and I think also the chin, although I saw on social media that he took out the, she took out the chin. And I got concerned about this because Bill is a surgeon. Now, she did say, I don't want to do any plastic surgery with Bill because it was a problem when she did the tummy tuck. And I will say, do whatever you want. And I think Turkey has like really good plastic surgeons. So maybe that's why. And I know she's got family there. So I actually sort of understand it. My main concern was finding someone off of Instagram to do the plastic surgery. That doesn't sit right with me. And, uh, I actually, I'm not proud of this, but I went to the guy's Instagram account, the doctors. Now I didn't love what I saw. I'll be honest. I allegedly, they weren't the best noses. I don't want to say that they were bad noses, but I am implying it. I mean, I just was looking at it and they all look the same and I know everybody is different. I feel like they shouldn't just do the same nose for, and even I was talking to my friend who's a plastic surgeon and she always would tell me that men's noses, when they do a men's nose, they don't do it up. So you know how like Jennifer's nose, you saw it kind of like the tip goes up. That's how they apparently do women's noses, but men's noses, they, they don't have it go up. But I was looking at this man's Instagram account and it looked like they all went up 
And I just, he's doing everybody's nose the same way. And I also think everyone's faces are different. So wouldn't you also kind of adjust accordingly? It almost feels like assembly line to me. And I, I don't, I could, I don't know about plastic. I don't know much about it. Maybe some plastic surgeon out there could tell me. And maybe every plastic surgeon has their way of doing it and they all look the same. But I would think that you would do it based on the person. And when I was looking at it, I was like, man, every single nose, I was on this Instagram account. Every single person's nose looked exactly the same in the after. Exactly the same. And I thought, this is kind of, it feels like a factory assembly line to me. And I, I, I'm sure it'll adjust. And I think she said she was only four weeks out of filming when she did this. So that nose, and I didn't like how the women were saying what a bad nose job it was, especially at that party. I thought, it just felt very mean girl to me that they were all sitting around saying, oh, look at that terrible nose on camera at the party. Because especially they know it was four weeks. And I applaud Jennifer to be honest and open talking about her plastic surgery. I think uh, it would behoove all the women to be honest and open about all of the things that they do uh, if they want to. And if they don't, great too. But uh, Jennifer, here she is being brave, honest, and open to talk openly about it. And then she says she's only four weeks out. And then everyone has given her a hard time. So I'm sure it'll just, I mean, four weeks post-surgery, I imagine you're not in your final form. I mean, Jennifer still hasn't reached her final form. And according to social media, she just got the chin removed. So she's still not even going to reach the final form yet after filming. So we'll have to wait and see. We're going to have to bravotv.com for more information and watch what happens live. See how that face settles. See how it settles. Uh, but I didn't like how they were mean about it. And um, anyway, there's... Oh, then I, I, don't, I guess they sort of confront uh, Teresa about the stand-up stuff. And Dolores explains, and Teresa didn't even give a shit. She's like, okay, like, whatever. She didn't care that her brother was talking about the guy. The hot pool guy was there, too. Oh, that hot pool guy, you guys. That guy makes me... Whoo! That guy makes me... I have the quesadilla. I'll have his quesadilla. Oh, that pool... Tony the pool guy on Jersey. Wow. That man does... He's like... Uh, that man does... You hear how I'm talking? I mean, that man does stuff to me. That man is, to me... I, something, I mean, I love Frankie Jr. too. I think is obviously gorgeous and stunning, and we're all talking about him because that man is hot too. But something about Tony the Pool Guy, I think it's like the salt and pepper hair or something. I mean, that man, the things that it does to my insides. Ah, oh, that Tony the Pool Guy. And that one photo of him on Instagram that they used to show on the show without a blouse on. I mean, that that man, I don't know what is is about that man. And he's got that kind, I don't know, and the glasses. Whew, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I needed some water. Hold on. I need to I need to cool down. Matt, turn on the fan. Whew, I need to cool off. Uh, okay, so what are we talking about here? Um, the pool guy, the pool guy's dick. No, oh, I'm just reading my notes over. Okay, then Louis arrives. He's getting the villain edit. And obviously, no one's going to like him in the show. And I'm curious to see how that goes. Because you can even hear from the music. He's getting the villain edit. He shows up late. Marge tells Teresa that he has to address the video, which I think is Margaret's way of saying, like, look, if he doesn't say something... It's going to be the whole season storyline. Do you want that? So I actually kind of took that as Margaret looking out for Teresa. Although I think a lot of viewers will look at, look at it as Margaret throwing Teresa under the bus. But I think if you look at the show, everybody was talking about this video. So it's going to be a storyline on the show unless you nip it in the bud. So I think that's what was happening. Uh, then Jackie and Jennifer sort of make up. I'm excited actually about the evolution of Jackie this season because it, it a excited me that her and Jennifer seem good. Cause I think that's an interesting dynamic to explore. 
and her and Teresa, because I think that's an interesting dynamic to explore. So I'm curious to see the Jackie of it all at least feels like a little fresh to me. Because we've seen her and Teresa fight. We've seen her and Jackie fight or Jennifer fight. So I want, I, I want to see different dynamics and at least that feels different to me. Uh, and then what else is going on? Oh, the ending is just that clip that we played about Bill cheating with the pharmaceutical rep and to be continued. And that was also, I think, Jennifer nipping that in the bud. She's like, look, you want to bring up the cheating? Guess what? I'm going to be honest and open about it. Now, Margaret does point out, she's like, Jennifer has judged all of this stuff in the past. She judged my relationship with my husband. She judged my mother and all these things. And so she's pointing out that there is a little hypocrisy, and I get that. But I love that Jennifer just nipped it in the bud. She's like, actually, it's a fucking pharmaceutical rep, bitch. To be continued. To be continued TBC. We got a TBC. I don't know that we needed the TBC. I don't. Sorry. Everything feels a little bit less than exciting to me this week, I think, because Salt Lake City was so good. And so I'm just, I, I, I'm cautiously optimistic about Jersey, but I, I, uh, Salt Lake is just so good that I feel like, I don't know, everything else is pairing, paling in comparison. Uh, you guys, we got to take a quick break here. We'll be right back and we're going to talk about Orange County and maybe dip into a little summer house. Uh, and we'll be right back. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino, Twitter and Instagram. Go to acast.com slash everything iconic for all episodes of everything iconic. Pre-order my book. You can go to indiebound.org if you want to connect with your local bookstore to order it. Pre-order March 8th. Uh, we'll be right back. Oh, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, we use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest 
with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. And we're back, little girls. Little girl. Okay, Summer House. I think I mentioned how pissed I am about about Craigie and that summer house. I just don't want them there. And they haven't really explained why Luke hasn't shown up at the summer house. Was there just not enough rooms? Did they want to get Craig there before they got Luke there? I miss that Minnesota man. I miss him. And I didn't expect to miss him, but I do miss seeing Luke on the summer house. And now they're just throwing all these Southern charm people there. And I just think it's got to stop. To what end? To what end? I mean, it's just, uh, who else are we going to throw in there? Can't we get some... I would much rather have some like Vanderpump rule people there or... I orange and literally any other franchise. I get someone from Shaw's over there. Get someone from Atlanta. I'm Candy's got that new spinoff show that's going to be about the OLG. Why don't we get some of those people there? I mean, that'd be a good launch for Candy's show to get one of those servers at Candy's restaurant over at the summer house. Anyone, anyone but Craig and Austin, literally anyone on television. I mean, you find someone else. Anyone. And then again, that Alex, what is, who even casted that man? Did anyone talk to that man, that human before sitting him in that summer house? Because I don't believe so. And he sucks the air out of the room. Even the Maya, who I'm loving Maya. I am loving that Maya. I'm loving her. She was cleaning. I felt like such a kinship with Maya, didn't you? When she was up that night cleaning the kitchen, she said she couldn't go to bed. She's got to clean the kitchen. And I felt that because I used to live with all these guys. I used to live in this house in Chicago. It was like five other straight guys. And it was so dirty. But I remember always having to like stay up to clean the kitchen because I like things clean and neat. And so I would stay up, you know, it was a real gross house. Also, it was a real cheap house, too. It was on a slant. And so I remember, like, I would go to my room, and sometimes I'd just fall over because the whole house was on a slant. It was, like, really cheaply made. It felt like it was falling down at any minute. I wonder if it even did. I'm not sure if it's still there, but... It always felt, you'd open the door and you'd be like, am I going to close the door and the house is going to fall? It was like the cheapest house I've ever been in. Um, But I like that Maya was cleaning because I related to that when I lived with those guys. And uh, so I'm loving Maya, but I don't know about the rest. And I'm I'm feeling with Paige. I get mad at these women, these gorgeous, wonderful women, Paige, Sierra, they're all, all after these men who just seem like the worst. And I hate to judge, you know, I come into this podcast and I feel like I'm always saying such shit about these men on these shows, but I'm right. I I mean, in real life, I don't think men are this bad, not all of them. And yet on the Bravo shows, it's like the women are these angels, not all of them perfect angels, but a lot of the women are great. And then I see them making these decisions with these men and I'm like, you need to get out. I know they're meeting the men on the workplace, right? They're meeting men that they're in a cast with, but it still just seems like we need to stop it. Somebody needs to step in and an intervention, if you will. Yeah, I don't know. Andy, maybe Andy could do it at the reunion, something. Somebody's got to step in. Some, And that's why this show would benefit from having a gay in the house. They need to throw a gay, because a gay would be in there and be like, what the fuck are you doing with that man? Like, if a gay man was in that house, he'd say, you know what, fuck Craig, like have sex with Craig, get your rocks off and don't date him. Right. If I was in the house, I'd say, Craig's hot. If you want to have sex with him, great. Do whatever you want. Get that dick and then get out of there. But no, they don't hire a gay in this house. And so no one's there to tell Paige, like, don't date this man. And meanwhile, Andrea is right there. Gorgeous, nice man. I haven't seen one bad red flag out of Andrea other than the fact that he's hot. And that's not even a red flag. That's just a good, good common sense. Always walking around in them briefs with this. 
uh, the abs showing. I mean, come on. He's right there and he's in love with Paige. Always bringing her coffee in the morning and he's so sweet to her. I haven't seen him say one mean thing. Granted, some girl did kick him in the face and, you know, whatever. Uh, that's neither here nor there. The point is, he's right there and then she's choosing Craig and then Craig's like, you're weaker than I thought. I was like, fuck you. What do you mean weaker than? It was like so manipulative for him to be like, oh, if you're going to believe Lindsay, you're weaker than I thought. I was like, get the fuck out of here saying you're weaker than – what a fucking gross thing to say. And I always think – you know, I said this on the show. If, if that's what the person's acting like on camera, what do they like off camera? Are you doing that kind of shit off camera to Paige saying you're weaker than I thought if you you get mad at me? Like that is fucked up. That is dark and manipulative. And it's just not okay. And I'm sure they had a conversation about it. Hopefully he watched it. And, and people make mistakes. Hopefully he watched it and realized like, wow, I'm coming off as a dick. But uh, I just don't, I care about this woman Paige on this show. And so I don't want to see her end up with this man if he's going to be like that all the time. Say so you're weaker than I thought. That to me was like, I wrote in my notes, no, N-O, real big N-O. I was pissed. Okay, anyway, so that's Summer House. I don't think I have any other thoughts other than Kyle and Amanda are terrible for each other. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Orange County Housewives. Gotta say, I didn't really miss them. I didn't, I know they were off for a hot minute. There was like a week off, and I didn't miss them not one bit. And uh, before we even get into the episode, I do have to say that if you really enjoyed this week's Real Houses of Orange County, please turn off this podcast because I did not. And I don't, I don't want to bum anyone out and I don't want to like put anyone in a bad mood. I don't want to be mean. And especially I, if you liked the episode, if you're liking this uh, season of Orange County, I don't want to bum you out and I don't want you to be mad at me. So just turn off this podcast. It's simple as that. Just turn it off because to me, in my opinion, this was a low point for Orange County Housewives. I just was not into this at all. I didn't like this episode. I feel like this cast chemistry is as off as it's ever been, and maybe not quite as bad as last season's chemistry, but I still don't. They're sitting there at dinner this week on the show, and it was to be continued from two weeks ago. And it's like, I, none of them wanted to even be at dinner. If you look at that cast of women who were sitting at the table, it was so clear to me, it was like oozing out of the screen, that these women were sitting there thinking, when are we wrapping? That you could see it in their eyes. They were just thinking, when can we wrap up this dinner and go home? Because not a single one of them wanted to be there. Now, there are little pockets. Again, Hip and Casita, they seem to be friendly. But even then, they were like, oh, let's get out of here. They don't want to be sitting with these other people. They don't, I, I don't believe that Hip and Casita are really friends with Nicole. I don't think Shannon's friends with any of them. I don't think Heather wanted to be there. Do- Dr. Jen, they're sort of being nice. I feel like Heather's being nice to Dr. Jen because she, she's there in a working relationship with this woman. But I don't think Heather has any like connection with Dr. Jen. And so I'm just watching these women just waiting for a producer to step in and say, okay, that's, we're wrapped for the night. Like you can all go. And so I'm just not feeling anything watching these women. And even when they were trying to have that fight at the thing where it was like Noella was saying something to Gina and it was like so awkward that there was no fight. They were like trying to find the fight and it never works when they're trying to find the fight. Now I do believe on these shows that like sometimes there could be a little thing that happened and the women will latch onto the little thing to make it a bigger thing, right? Like I classically, I always think of that big fight Shannon and Heather had about the chair. Like somebody sat in someone's chair in one of those earlier seasons and it became a bigger thing. Now I love when that happens on housewives, but in this instance, it didn't even feel like they had an inkling of a thing. It felt like they were just trying to make a thing out of nothing. 
And so I just, and, and then, uh, as if it's not bad enough, then they said, oh, let's call the men. The men are all together. The men are all together. The last thing I want to see is John, Terry, Travis, and Barr having drinks together. I mean, I was ready to turn off, and that happened early in the episode. And Terry was sitting there with those men, and you know Terry botched bro thinks that he's the star of this show, because those other men are some of the least telegenic men I've ever seen on TV. I mean, really, do we need scenes with Terry, Travis, and Barr? At least Terry has some sort of, like, je ne sais quoi, as, as it were. You know, he's been on botched as on season 100 over on E. So at least Terry has like a little, I'm not saying Terry's like some gorgeous model or anything by any means. I'm just saying he's got like a little television sparkle, right? Like he's, he knows how this works. He's, he knows how to move it along. But those other men that we were sitting there with, Travis, Terry, and Barr, Shane, Shane Barr Simpson. I mean, those men are not men who should be on TV. And that's not an insult because they seem like, I, sh- I was going to say, they seem like nice, normal. They seem like normal human men. But normal human men all shouldn't just be on television. And yet they're filming a full scene. Now, when you compare over to New Jersey, where we have Frank Sr., we have Evan, we have Joe Gorga, at least we got a little something. Those men have a little sparkle in their eye. Those men, they don't quite feel made for TV in in the same way that the women who are casting these shows do. But they are miles above these Orange County men. And I felt the similarly when we were doing on Salt Lake City when we did the scenes with the men. It's like these men are not made for television. They shouldn't be on it. They shouldn't. I don't even think you should film them with a home video camera. They don't even need to be on a home video, let alone on a network cable show that's a hit. A hit franchise, you're putting them in separate scenes. I'm like, who is making these decisions? I'm sorry. I feel bad that I'm being mean again to Bravo. But I just, who is making the decision of like, oh, yeah, we need to get Terry Travis and Shane Simpson on in a scene together. Like, what? I almost turned it off. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I It was a step too far for me. And I'll watch Terry. Again, I don't even like watching Terry. But I'll watch him enough because I at least feel like, okay, he's putting on a show. Those other men, though. They shouldn't be asked to put on a show. We shouldn't even mic them up. Even when they're at a party with the other one, I don't even need to see Terry or mic'd up. Travis, he seems like a lovely man. Gina, is that uh, Gina's, um, is that Casita's husband or boyfriend or whatever? He seems nice, but he seems nice in the way that like I would want to have a cocktail with him and talk to him for a night and then forget him forever, right? Like you, <laughs> he's the kind of person you're at a bar with some friends and you're doing group shots or something, and maybe you have a little side conversation with him, and then uh, you go about your merry way, and you never think of the man again. But you had a good time with him when you were taking that shot. That's what Gina's uh, boyfriend or husband seems like. But here we are in a whole full scene. Ugh, what the fuck? What the fuck? Who is deciding this? I'm sorry. I feel like I'm being a Danny Downer. <laughs> We're also talking about Shannon and John doing threesomes. And I'm like, who asked for this conversation? (laughs) Shannon, who's not given us anything this season. She just fully took off. She just fully decided to clock in and clock out. It was like, Shannon's doing nothing this season. She completely gave up. She doesn't know her place on the show. She's not given a zero zilch anything. Uh, now we're getting a scene where she talks about doing a threesome, and it's like she didn't even want to talk about it. No one wanted to talk about it. And the same thing happened later where Hip was talking about a girl going down on her. It was like she didn't want to talk about it. 
And I know some of these topics come up, but it's just like, what are we doing here? Nobody wants to talk about this stuff. No one wants to be in these scenes. And we're watching them. Ugh. And then Noella, I'm sorry, she's sucking a lot of the air out of the room. And they even commented on that. But it's not even Noella's fault. It's like uh, some of the other women need to step up and suck some of that air, too. Because Noella, at least, at the very least, Noella's trying to put on a show. She is. She's given us something. She's trying to find the fight. She's trying to find her footing. And this is her first season being on A Housewives. And she's trying her best. And I think in a season or two, Noella could be an all-star housewife. But as it stands, it's so awkward and uncomfortable. And she's not given anyone to really spar with at all. Heather's sort of stepping up, but Heather seems misplaced. Oh, then the other thing, we're watching Heather go to this house. She's going to build a house. She's looking at a lot for $15 million to get this house. And so we're sort of doing like a selling sunset. Like, I, have you noticed that? The first episode of the season where we went to Heather's house and we saw the tour, I loved it. I loved seeing that rich house. And then this week's episode when they were touring that other house, I loved it. I loved seeing the architecture and I loved seeing the design and, and how they were decorating and what I liked and what I didn't like in this house. And I would love it if this show morphed into a selling sunset. But as it stands, it's almost... It, it almost makes me so sad because it's like we get a good scene of like this real estate stuff that I think a lot of viewers like to see, but then we're immediately off of it and we're just seeing, I, I, I don't even know what we're just, I don't know. We're seeing them in a sweat hut. And then it was like, I don't understand what's happening. That house though. I love the library. Oh, my dream is to have a big ass library with all the books. Oh my God. In that house and whatever that house was that they toured. I just want a library. Oh, my dream. Like Belle and Beauty and the Beast. I just want to have a big-ass library with a bunch of books. I love a physical hard copy book. I love just holding it. I think it, Kindle's great, you know, when you, you could download and read it. I know I don't, maybe it's good for the environment, whatever. But I love to hold a hardcover book. I'm sorry. I do. Then what else? I wrote in my notes, this is a painful episode. <laughs> there was some woman named Tawny, too. It was like they introduced this Heather's friend Tawny, but then she just disappeared. Did anyone feel like she was a ghost or something? I was like, was she an apparition? Because that woman, Tawny, it was like, all of a sudden, they were like, oh, Tawny's been here uh, on this trip, too. And she was staying down the road, and they had all this flashback footage of Tawny. I was like, I've never seen this woman before. But they seemed to have been hanging out with her this whole trip. I was like, like Tawny's fucking Casper the ghost. Where did this woman come from? And then I swear, midway through the episode, Tawny just disappeared. There was no mention of Tawny again. Tawny, like, where's Tawny? Hashtag where's Tawny? You know, you ever watch those shows on like TLC or Discovery where it's like some missing person? Or, or on the, um, isn't there like a sci-fi network where they do ghost busting? I feel like Tawny needs to be on one of those networks because I need to know what happened to Tawny. Somebody needs to come find her. I swear she was an apparition and just disappeared. And I was like, am I fucking nuts? Because they introduced Tawny and then they didn't say goodbye to Tawny. I did, maybe I, maybe I just zoned out or something. You know, sometimes I leave the room or something, but I'm like, where the fuck did Tawny go? T-A-W-N-I-E. They introduced us to her. They said, oh, she's been living down the road. They had all this flashback footage of Heather and Dr. Jen with Tawny and then no, nothing. No one said goodbye. Tawny wasn't at the dinner later on in the evening. Where the fuck Tawny go? Ugh. I don't know. I just spent 50 minutes on Tawny, but I feel like somebody needs to ask where Tawny is. And uh, anyway, oh, Noella, I guess. So this was also, Noella got sick in the sweat hut, and it looked like she just got dehydrated. They gave her Pedialyte, and then she's fine. 
And I worry about it because, I mean, obviously we want her to be okay, okay? We want Noelle to be, she's obviously going through a lot and she seemed to be a little bit dehydrated. They go in this big sweat hut and we want her to be okay. My main issue though is just in the editing of like, they tried to make that into as if it was going to be this big thing where like the medic comes and it just wasn't. It felt like a, then that felt like a letdown. I felt like they shouldn't have teased that in the, in the trailer for this season because we, I think we were all expecting something. It was like she got dehydrated and then f- five minutes later she seemed fine. You know, somebody had to carry her out. She had some Pedialyte and some Gatorade and then she was good. And then the other, they were acting sort of like that sweat hut was ayahuasca. I feel like I'm just being so negative. You know, I don't like to be negative on the show. And you know, I told you I was in a good mood. I listened to all that Disney music. No one knows how far it goes. <laughs> I have the keys of the <laughs> I don't want to lose my good mood with that Disney music. Zero to hero. Oh, you guys, uh, also, I won't say I'm in love from the Hercules soundtrack. It's a ballad. Stunning. Stunning. Why don't we talk about it? It's stunning. When it, the woman in the in that movie is called Meg, she sings a ballad called "I Won't Say I'm in Love." It's it's flawless. Anyway, so I don't want to lose my bad mood, but I really felt like they were in that fucking sweat hut, and they were acting like they were on ayahuasca. They had a little some sweat, and I'm not saying it wasn't an emotional experience, but I felt like Hip and Casita and Whisper. They all got out of that sweat hut and they were like acting as if they saw Jesus. It was suddenly they saw Jesus or something, or they had some big, I don't know, they probably thought they saw Jesus and it was really just Tawny, his ghost, just showing up at that fucking sweat hat because they were acting like they saw some, had some big revelation. And I was like, you're just sweating in a hut and drinking Gatorade. And then they all just went asleep. That was it. They all just went asleep. What is happening? And then Jen had to leave because of her, you know, she's got chronic pain. And I feel so terrible. She's got chronic pain. I don't want anyone to have chronic pain. But she had, and she was mad that Ryan didn't have any empathy. She called him and she just wanted him to say like, oh, I get it. And I was like, Ryan, couldn't you just say, I get it. I feel bad for you. He was just being such a dick. He sort of said that, but it's sort of not. Then uh, Whisper, Hip, and Casita, they're talking about Noella getting on a flight, a private flight. And uh, that's when they talk about hip uh, experimenting in college. Good for her. And honestly, good for her, Emily Hip Simpson. She got a woman to go down on her. I'm happy for her. You know, I'm a gay man, and I'd rather have a woman go down on me than Shane, honestly. So uh, bravo to Emily, because uh, better, better, than one, better than Barr doing it, I suppose. And that's mean. That was mean. I'm sorry about that. I shouldn't have said that. But it was high feel. Okay, then uh, we cut to dinner. They're all doing these tequila shots. Shannon's got the sobrero on. We're not even getting... There was one moment where Shannon kind of did her screeching where she's like, Listen to me! I'm gonna fucking yell! Listen to me! She did her little, Ack! Ack! I'm Shannon! Because nobody was listening to her. But other than that, it's like, what is Shannon even doing this season? I just feel like she gave up. Uh, and then they talk... Uh, they were sort of brag. Heather and Jen were bragging about their C-sections, which uh, I was tough to hear. I don't know. It was like a strange thing to be bragging about. I understand they're relating with each other and their experiences and giving birth. And I'm not a woman who's given birth, so I can't expand on that too much. It just felt like a little bit like we were bragging because we didn't have to do traditional childbirth. They're like, yep, I had my C-section. And it was like, what are we bragging about? I mean, I understand sharing our experiences, but it just kind of felt like, oh yeah, all those people who had their traditional births, fuck them. Like, that's how I read it. Maybe I read it differently than you all, but that's how I felt. And then 
Shannon brings up the Gina and Noella fight, which was a whole nothing burger. Nothing happened with Gina and Noella. They were fine. They were together all day. No one cared about it. But they're trying to find something. And then Heather finally snaps at Noella. And I believe that Heather only kind of snapped at Noella because a producer was like, something's got to happen here. We're not going to wrap you until something happens at this dinner. And so then Noella says, oh, well, I was a pity invite. And Heather's like, no, you weren't. And then Heather brings up the pornographic cards against humanity. And it was so odd because at first Noella was defensive and then she finally said that oh she was sorry, but it seemed to flip way too quickly. And it was like, I felt like Noella didn't prepare on how she was going to react to all of that. So that was strange. And then they were fighting about their, okay, this is, I wrote this down. So this Heather says, um, Oh, Noella says to Heather that she's got straight fragility, straight fragility, which I've never heard this before, straight fragility. But Noella says that to Heather. Then Heather says, I have a couple of gay children. Don't tell me I have straight fragility. And then Noella says, I'm a bisexual, biracial, liberal freaking woman who lives in Orange County. Don't you dare tell me I'm inappropriate. And Heather's like, no, I was saying your gift was inappropriate. It was so fucking awkward. That whole exchange made me just feel cringe. My butthole clenched. I was like, what is happening here? They're all just, they're trying to one up each other in terms of like, who had like the, the most whatever. It was so strange. Like I have two gay kids. And well, I'm bisexual. And it was like, calm down. No one was even insulting. I had anything to do with that. And it was like, they were just, oh, you guys, this was painful to me. What happened? And then Heather said, no, I'm saying your gift was inappropriate. Then Heather read the read the cards on her phone and Noella suddenly felt bad. It was awkward. She didn't seem to understand how to react in the scene, so it all felt disingenuous. Then Heather pointed out that Noella has things in her back pocket to use to win in an argument, and I, I kind of felt that Heather was right there. Next time, then the show ends. Next time on the show, I, the whole preview for next week, I was like, none of it looks interesting to me. <laughs> Not a single bit of it looks interesting. I was like, oh, they're. I felt like even the preview was telling me, like, oh, you don't have to tune in next week. It's not good. And I know that's me. That's mean, but that's how I was watching that trailer for next week. I was like, oh, they're, they're just telling us we got another week off. I don't got to tune in. Now, I'm, of course I'm going to tune in. You know, I'm not going to miss this show. I love these women. And I love these shows. And I, I criticize because I care. I criticize because, and maybe some of you love this week. You know, maybe I was in a bad mood or something. And so I just looked at it poorly. And that happens too. You know, maybe it's on me. But I really felt like, even in that pre- preview for next week, like, what do we have to show up for? Because nothing interesting happens. There's like a little bit of Jen and Ryan. I don't know. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so, luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories so much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made 
for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Anyway, that's this week's episode of the the Real Housewives of Orange County. Did we need to talk about any other Bravo stuff going on? I'm sure I missed something. I mean, lots going on in the Bravo universe. We got all sorts of stuff. And I want to let you all know that I did a bonus episode of the podcast this week with two special guests. We have Chriselle from Selling Sunset, Chriselle Stiles, who's a lovely angel. She's got a new book out. You can listen to that interview. It's a separate episode. Also on that same episode is Ronan Rubenstein, who a lot of you might know from Lone Star 911 on Fox. Actually, it's 911 Lone Star. Uh, he plays one half of Tarlos, which is the gay couple on that show. And he's just a gorgeous man. And also he's openly bisexual in real life. And we talk about representation in media and all that good stuff. So it's a really fascinating conversation with both of them. So I think if you get a chance, listen to it if you like it. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. I put it as a bonus episode. I'm trying to separate the interviews from the recaps so that you can listen to what you want. You know, you can tune into what you're interested in and hopefully enjoy those. And, uh, and pick up Chriselle's book and watch 911 Lone Star. All that said, we need to do our cheesy little cool down, don't we? Don't we? I have the I'm sorry. I'm going to remove that sound effect from the soundboard. I promise. I know that no one wants to hear it. And I played it upwards of four times this episode. So apologies in advance. Uh, but we need to take a moment to just breathe in and out. And let's take a deep breath in and hold it. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in. Baby, we need it. Baby, baby, we need it. (laughs) Hold it. Breathe out. Now, I do want to leave you all with another recommendation because I am currently obsessed with Justin's peanut butter cups. I cannot stop eating them. I ordered like a large uh, pack on Amazon that has like a hundred of the peanut butter packs. It's Justin's Organic. I like either the dark chocolate or the milk chocolate. I don't have a preference, literally just shove them in my face. And I wanted to mention it because I previously on the show talked about how Reese's peanut butter, I believe they changed the recipe and they're not as good anymore. But Justin's peanut butter cups are amazing and I'm new to them and I'm currently obsessed. So also, if anyone out there from Justin's Peanut Butter Cups is listening to this podcast, please send them along because I have been spending upwards of hundreds of dollars on Amazon buying all these Justin's Peanut Butter Cups, and I don't need to eat them, but I have been eating them. And so uh, either send them my way or uh, send me a mean message so that I stop supporting your company, and that way I can stop eating these Peanut Butter Cups because I'm sure they're not good for my gut. Anyway, love you all so much for listening. Um, if you do have some time today, go get some peanut butter and chocolate or whatever that is that you enjoy.
Love you all so much for listening. Bye-bye.